0: I know
2: the human being and science, science. can cause just peaceful.
1: This without finding. Hey guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. Guys, it's been a long sojourn. We're sorry for that. Disease, COVID, traveling marriage, love. A lot of life got in the way of our last couple recording opportunities. But here we are. Back to you again. Yeah, yeah. I had the Rona. I yeah. had the Rona. Yes, yes, yes. And the Portugal.
2: Yes, that's true. That's true. There was yeah. a little trip. But normally we tried to record stuff to get around that, but this
1: time, this hey, t- we were then Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time we were, uh, we actually did do some pre-recordings, but not quite enough. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> yeah. didn't anticipate
2: We didn't anticipate the Rona. It was my first time getting it.
1: Yeah, yeah. First time to Portugal? First time. How would you review Portugal? Uh, You found it banal and worthless, right? No.
2: (laughs) They just need to figure out how to use spices. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's the main thing I would say. Yeah. It's interesting because I have really fond memories of Portuguese food, but that's because there was one Portuguese restaurant I'd go to a month. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like the right amount. I think that's key. Yeah. For everyone out there who's like, I like Portuguese food.
2: Eating it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day for several days,
1: you will recognize that, like, it's nice to have diversity in the cuisine that you're eating. I think we take that for granted being Angelinos or living in a large American city in general. Yeah. It's like there's all sorts of foods, and we all talk our shit about, like, oh, it's not, like, authentic blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, go to that country. And, like, live there and eat that shit for, yeah. like, a whole lifetime.
2: Yeah. And it, at, at least it's it's got a lot of diversity and stuff like that, right? Right. Which I think is a big thing. It's a big thing. Anyway, yeah. this is not a, a cuisine
1: podcast. Let's make it one, though. Although, that could be fun. We but... gotta bring cuisine and then football into this, I think. Oh. Are you gonna watch the US-Canada game tonight? It's the finals for Nations League. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. I could. Do I could pop it on. Did you hear about uh, the Mexico-America game? Yeah. Four red yeah, four cards. four red cards. nine, dude. dude. That's a more manageable fucking, game. They were. <laughs> man, that was very naughty. Mexico was pissed off, and then they are yeah. doing those chants and stuff. Yeah. My God, dude. I mean, here's the
2: thing, though. You know, I get being unhappy, but suck less. Right? Yeah. If you don't totally. suck so much ass,
1: then maybe, you know, you don't need to get so mad at it. That's the thing. A few of those goals looked like Messi was scoring because like the defenders just fell off. Yeah. They were so bad. Yeah. And what's crazy, America, donkey sh team. I fucking hate the American <laughs> team. I can't stand stand them. Um, I hope Gio Reyna just, like, burns in hell, dude. Wow. Fuck that guy. No, that's not true. I don't hope he burns in hell. I hope he stays in Dortmund. Ha! Wow. <laughs> but, but he's like a super sub at the losing team. Wow. Anyway, just like he's in the U.S. team. Sure. But anyway, fuck America. Wow. Um, <laughs> only the soccer. <laughs> I love the foreign policy. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, dude, if you're worse than America, you're, like, a really bad football team. And, dude, Mexico... Woo, what happened? They've been struggling. Oh, my God. They've been struggling. Is Liga MX this bad, too, right now? I don't know, but I'll say this much. I still like Ochoa's face. Yeah, I mean, Ochoa's like, I mean, he's like 40, and he's like still like the only halfway decent guy on that team. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. I've, I've liked Ochoa's face for a long time. Stacy, I would like you to bleep a few of the things I said in this That's section. Great. That's great. All okay. right, all right,
2: all right. So look, this is the end of our series on influenza. we've done a three-parter so far on influenza. This is our
1: fourth part, the final. Yes, yes.
2: And so we're going to talk a little bit about the history of modern influenza pandemics to understand dangerous strains... Uh, And sort of, you know, a little look ahead on the future. And then we're going to talk about flu vaccines, because last episode we talked about flu treatments, which Mm. people don't think about all that much. But flu vaccines, I think people hear about relatively frequently, and let's talk about what's the deal with those vaccines. What you may not
1: realize is that they're made with fetuses. Oh my god. Chicken fetuses. And insect ovaries. We'll get into it. The dirty truth behind the influenza vaccine, today on Petri Dish. All right, let's do it. All right, so, so we categorize the first modern influenza pandemic as the Spanish flu.
2: Yeah, yeah, the 1918, that big boy, H1N1,
1: yeah. influenza A. We discussed this in, in a previous pod, but, you know, famously this happens at the end of World War One, Kills yeah. like 50 to 100 million people. Yeah. Uh, big deal. Yeah, you got, you know, lots of people died. Do we think COVID killed that many people? Because it's, it's one of those things where like estimates are different than government tallies around the world, like...
2: Uh, I think by virtue of having more people now. Right, right, right. I think that probably, so one of the lower, but I think very like reasonable conservative estimates for the 1918 pandemic is 30 million people. Oh, okay. And I think COVID's probably ballparking,
1: you know? Right, 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 right. Okay. Because
2: we passed a million people in the US, right? So, you know, I think we can do it. Yeah. I think COVID can do it.
1: All right. And so, but but after 1918, we've had a few more modern influenza pandemics.
2: Yeah. And so I think these ones we don't hear about quite as much. There was the 1957 H2N2 pandemic. Mm. Well, was... I mean,
1: that's around Little Rock. So there's stuff happening in America. Desegregation. So
2: there's I'm always just, stuff going I'm just on saying, in America. The
1: headline is <laughs> not influenza pandemic in some other place,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was the 1968.
1: H3N2. Another big year. That's <laughs> a lot of big All years. All right. Yeah. The doors were making music. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Very important. Dude, I cannot stand the doors. I didn't know I hated the Doors, yeah. and then they keep playing. Like Andre keeps playing them at the bar, and it's like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I like hate every lyric dripping out of this fucking dead guy's mouth. Why is Why is Andre so into them? Uh, he just auto plays sixties and seventies uh, psychedelia. I see, I see, I see, I see. Anyway, uh, and then
2: there's the 2009 H1N1 pandemic. Another when Obama's inaugurated. Yeah, it's yeah. a big year. So, uh, so like we said, the 1918 pandemic that's like 30 million people. Right. The 57 and 68 pandemics were more like a million each. Mm. And then the 2009 was like 200,000 to 500,000 people worldwide. That's just like a normal flu season, isn't it? Uh, I think that's still a little elevated, but it, like definitely that's lower, right? Okay. That's lower than the previous pandemics. And uh, what I would say is that those more recent pandemics, 57, 68, 09, those were clear results of reassortment, right? right. And we've talked about reassortment in the past episodes. That's when we got different strains of influenza A- coming together in, like, the same animal or person... Right. ...and mixing it up, right? Right. And so in 57, what that was... ...was maybe a human or maybe a pig... ...that was infected with a bird H2N2... ...and the human H1N1 virus. Right? So the human H1N1 1918 virus. Um, or, or, or maybe a different strain of human H1N1. And mm. so those two guys mixed it up... ...and they made this new H2N2... ...that went on to kill a million people. In 1968... An H3N something bird flu infected something else, like a, a maybe a pig, maybe Where's a all bird. all these somethings coming in? We just don't have enough information okay. to really track where uh, all of the elements came from. All right. But a human H2N2 mixed it up with an H3N something bird flu. Mm. And the resulting virus, uh, an H3N2, actually continues to infect people to this day. Like, it's a strain that continues to be parts of the seasonal flu.
1: So is it just like the section on the CIA report is redacted? So it's probably CIA virus. Well, I mean, most most
2: viruses originally yeah. came from the CIA. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that much is clear.
1: Yeah, it's very devious how they released it in China to make it look like it's China. <laughs> <laughs> always, always.
2: They're very devious. Um, so, in fact, this year, H3N2 is one of the main strains Going around, Income. along with H1N1 Pandemic 09. Mm. Um, and so, as we mentioned in episode two, the 2009 swine flu pandemic had a
1: bunch of reassortment going on. Right. It's a chicken, a pig, and a human fuck. Yep. Along with another pig. Yep. Wow, yeah. that's like That sounds like a John Waters film. You know, I think that's like a scene from Pink Flamingos. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's
2: from the uncut version of Hairspray. Everything is just like a normal Arkansas day until until the <laughs> hey. other pig comes in.
1: <laughs> Look at it, when It's like in ruining an Ozark day. Yeah, 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 yeah. A foursome. <laughs> yeah. <hold up>. <laughs> <laughs> There's no... Because you know, in the Bible, the threesome is sanctioned because of Lot and his daughters, right? Oh, so well, there okay. is Old Testament proof of threesomes. Yep. Foursomes is a step too far. That's just unholy. It's pagan. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we left. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: So, yeah, so just to run it through, some North American bird flu strain mixed with a human H3N2 and classic swine flu coming in there from the pig. And then that virus got co-infected into another pig that was already sick with a Eurasian swine flu. Mm. And then more reassortment happened. And now H1N1 Pandemic 09 has been circulating for years since 2009 and continues
1: to be one of the main ones in the seasonal flu. Did I ever tell you that a buddy of mine tried to persuade me uh, in fairly heavy-handed moral terms that, like, you and me should go by Eurasian? Like, that's, like, our, the appropriate title for people of half-Asian, half-European descent? Wow. And I was just like, I'm sorry, dude, but, like, if, if I'm going to be persuaded of a thing like that, I just need to hear it from more people than one. Sure. Like, I've just never heard. I've certainly never called myself Eurasian. And I've never heard that term. Yeah. I think Eurasia is just too much clearly, a, a like, a landmass. Yeah. That, like, is kind of only useful in its broadest sense. Yeah. Of, like, the Eurasian landmass. Yeah. Like, I'm just not going to call myself Eurasian. Unless like a lot of people are into it,
2: as opposed to what thing were we calling ourselves that they didn't think was appropriate?
1: I can't remember what I said at the time. I either said mixed race or like half Asian or something. Maybe yeah. half white. I say that sometimes, given the context. Uh huh. You know, it's a little it's a little contextual. Yeah. But I don't know. He's like, oh, you should really say you're Asian. And I was like, I don't think so. You know, let's agree to disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not buying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. you could
2: be 100% German going back a long time and still call yourself Eurasian. You, right? are, you are very
1: much still Eurasian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that just yeah.
2: dilutes any meaning that comes out of
1: being Havzi's mongrels. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. We, Maybe we, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do you remember that uh, Venture Brothers joke where uh, 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 the Venture Brothers have like a globe? And they're like, I can't find Africa America anywhere. <laughs> Controversial <laughs> <laughs> Anyway <laughs> So good
2: um, There's an honorable mention to an epidemic that happened in 1977 That was caused by an H1N1 virus that strongly resembled the 1918
1: Spanish influenza Right, and, and but it had like a kind of a unique electron shell so it could combine with cocaine to make crack, right? <laughs> Another CIA thing <laughs> wow (laughs) uh, that's why crack is so much more addictive (laughs) that's that's an incredible bunch of nonsense you digest it and then the influenza on it goes (laughs) (laughs) latches onto you
2: so so that sort of uh more originally h1n1 uh that epidemic was pretty contained so it didn't do that much right but it entered circulation mixed it up with an h2n2 virus and made this h1n2 virus that was briefly like kind of it was up and coming in the early 2000s,
1: and then it, like, disappeared. It, like, petered out. We we haven't seen it since then, really. I'm trying to think of a band that's like that. That came up in the early 2000s, petered out, and disappeared? My coworker's been playing a lot of Third Eye Blind recently, like, uh-huh. like the bar Bluetooth, uh-huh. and a lot of, like, Good Charlotte. Oh, Good and, Charlotte. Good Charlotte. <laughs> I know, right? Good Charlotte. I don't think I
2: would put Third Eye Blind in Good Charlotte. In the same conversation.
1: Oh, do they not belong there? I think Third
2: Eye Blind is better than Good Charlotte.
1: Who did Lifestyles of the Good Fame? Charlotte. I can't, That's an anthem song. Am I right though? <laughs> <laughs> like we, we should like once once the community is over seventy five percent Teslas, we class Good Charlotte I see, I see. out of I our see, car. I see. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we're getting there. Well, you know, you know a lot of Uber drivers are in Teslas now. Mm. Like how cheap is the cheapest model of Tesla? Because I see like a lot of Teslas now. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Like. 40k. Okay. Maybe. Is that what is that in car
2: terms? I haven't bought a car from I, a dealer. I don't in like so know many years. what anything is in any terms. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't,
1: I don't buy cars either. I can but, tell you about Path of Exile. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can tell me about Path of Exile. I was speaking on your behalf. Oh, I see. <laughs> I was speaking of the royalty. <laughs> <League. laughs>
2: there we go. Yeah. Um, so, what all of that list was to say is that reassortment seems to be a pretty common trend right. in the development of pandemic-level assholes, right? Except 1918, right? Right, and so that's, that was the big surprise, is in 2005, when they finally uh, got, like, the complete sequence of the 1918 H1N1 virus. It was just some bird shit. Yeah, it was just a bird flu. There was no clear signs of reassortment with any human virus. It was just a bird virus. i
1: read once that, like, you just had such mass malnutrition at the end of World War II that like that kind of helps spread that, diseases. Like, it was
2: well, yeah. I mean, I think you see in a lot of war zones and situations right. like that, right? Like, Pestilence. Yeah, it's one of the things about uh, in Ukraine now that the the dam. Ha- that oh, the yeah. Russians blew some up that dam and everything. Actually, yeah. They're worried that even once the floodwaters recede and everything, that there's gonna be a huge outbreak of disease. Yeah. Because it's just that's a really fucked up situation to be in. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting this H one N one, just a bird flu. It did not have to reassort with the human flu to get an extra boost to spread in humans. Mm. Which means that it must have some mutations in there that make it surprisingly good at infecting humans and spreading because that's not normally the path for these viruses right we we talked about in the past episode normally a bird flu will go to swine pick up some mutations and then go into human Hmm. bird flus that hop directly into human most of the time they'll kill that one person but they won't spread to anybody else right and so trying to mine This genome, this H1N1 genome, for information on, like, why was it good at spreading from human to human is going to help us predict if any current strains or future strains are likely to hop around in humans. Right. There are some mutations in common with the current H5N1 avian virus that's going around killing a bunch of birds and that Spanish flu pandemic one. Right. And so scientists are like, okay, well... How similar and are any of these of concern, right? And so for some scientists, this H5N1 strain is like a ticking time bomb. Right. That like as it infects a bunch of birds, as it explores evolutionary space because it's mutating, right? Just all viruses are going to do that. That eventually it'll trip over the right combo of mutations and then be able to jump from human to human uh, and cause like a pretty bad pandemic. Right. Right. And having lived through the COVID-19 one, I'm sure we'd all like love to not have to do another... Respiratory virus pandemic anytime well, soon. Especially
1: but. since the next pandemic, you know, only 40% of everyone's going to wear a mask. Uh, uh, sure, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, like 30% is going to get vaccinated once... You, you, you know what I mean? Like, like I think we're actually less equipped now, psychologically. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, you yeah. know, since an entire party is like anti any of this stuff.
2: Yes, it's definitely coalesced, right? It's yeah. Like the opposition has coalesced around yeah. certain things that they won't do All anymore.
1: you can hope is that they're all in Florida... By the time there's a pandemic. Oh. And then a hurricane, bap, bap. And then we just don't have to worry about that That's shit. That's beautiful. Well,
2: yes, yes. A bunch of people dying in a state is not technically beautiful, but
1: whatever. I mean, I'm not gonna, I mean, we we're playing a lot of <laughs> <deal> four. <before. laughs>
2: That's true. You know, we That's like true.
1: a certain grim, dark That's reality. True. That is true. Okay. And you can't deny that we live in a grim,
2: dark reality, it's pretty grim. Um, okay, so let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to actually touch on these vaccines that, you know, we're talking about, right? We're talking about vaccination. You're saying only 30%. Yeah. Well, what percentage of people get their flu vaccine? Not As is, right? <laughs> so <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a break <laughs> and
1: then let's come back and talk about it. I always mean to. Yeah, goddamn dude. <laughs> but I'm like, I like walk past them in Target. I can't handle it. And them. I'm like, look, it's Cheesy Bluffs. It's <laughs> <laughs> Cheesy Bluffs. All right. All right. Let's do it.
2: This episode of Petri Dish is sponsored by Safety Light, a home security solution for proactive nanny state liberals. Our competitors set up a bunch of surveillance cameras and exchange your privacy for some semblance of peace of mind. Then they alter the cops, who might show up, after they're done shaking down jaywalkers for donut money. None of that weak shit with Safety Light. We use a patented technology adapted from the same system Bill and Melinda Gates use to zap mosquitoes out of the sky with lasers. Our system uses these same lasers to bring the fight right to your door. After our cloud AI system verifies someone as an intruder, our lasers will guarantee their blindness, if not outright maiming. And for our conservative listeners, we have a limited time offer for Safety Light Shotgun. It's a shotgun. Shoot people yourself. You know you want to. Listen, you've heard pitches from all these other pansy security companies profiteering from the collective American unease. But a camera won't make you safe. Outright violence will. So get a fucking laser
1: today with Safety Light. Worth saying, I, I, I don't hope millions of Floridians die. <laughs> A, <coughs> B, and this is only off of you, me saying cheesy yeah. Um you know Matt and Trey bought Casa Bonita, the restaurant in Colorado that they have a whole episode based oh, on. Oh, yeah, 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 Spent yeah, yeah. like $50 million renovating it. Uh-huh. It's going to open pretty soon. Is it going to be good? Uh, well, who knows? <laughs> uh, But fucking, dude, when Ian's old enough to remember shit, road trip. Damn, dude. Fucking go to Casa Bonita. That sounds fun. Yeah, I cannot wait. Dude. Okay. So, in
2: stark contrast to the COVID-19 world and, you know, sort of all the things that we had to go through, we yeah. have had an influenza vaccine for some time now. Right. right? But it took a little time, right? In yeah. 1890
1: is the start of our story.
2: Yeah, in 1890s, there was a German doctor named Richard uh, Pfeiffer. Hmm. And he found a bacteria inside of a sick person's nose and was like, this is it. This is influenza. What like, made him so certain? Well, the person was sick with influenza.
1: Oh, okay, well, fair enough. But he found a bacteria. Yeah. He he, nice he, he did
2: like a nose swab. He grew it on a plate. He was like, this bacterium is in this person sick right. with influenza. And so for the next 30 years, people were trying to make a smallpox-esque vaccine right. using this bacteria. It's just this bacteria, we don't even know what it was, but it has got fucking nothing to do with influenza. Wow. As, as we've been talking about for the past like three hours of episodes on this podcast, right? Influenza is caused by a virus, not a bacterium. Right. You can't grow them on a petri dish like that.
1: And so, so it was just a German rabbit hole the whole way through.
2: Yeah. It wasn't until the 1930s and 40s, right? So we're talking like 40 to 50 years later after this guy figured out this bacteria, right. uh, that work shifted to the newly discovered influenza virus, the H1N1 influenza strain, that caused the 1918 pandemic, right? Mm. And this was uh, a lot of work coming out of uh, Thomas Francis and Jonas Salk at the University of Michigan. Mm. Um They developed the first vaccine, and by 1945, it was licensed for use, okay? So, 1945, first influenza vaccine. While they were testing out this vaccine, right, they were doing clinical trials and everything, they found that some people who were vaccinated were still getting the flu. Right. And they figured out that, actually, this was another species of influenza. That's when they discovered influenza B, right? right. And as time went on, they kept figuring out, like, oh... Actually, we gave this person the vaccine, but they still got sick. And so they kept adding more and more new strains to the vaccine as they were mm. discovering them. Mm. At this current point, the vaccine is typically uh, three to four different strains in there, usually four at this point. And uh, we try to pick them to cover our bases for each flu season. Okay. And so this current year, the flu vaccines are available uh the ones that are available are pretty much the same as the ones that were around last year
1: what is what is the flu season like what are the dates of flu season roughly
2: uh usually you want to get vaccinated like september to november okay so that you are like nice and safe for december january february kind right. of months like that
1: it's always how like two weeks before an inauguration you always want to get a new pistol Right, just you know, just in case. Well, you don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> you don't know to okay. happen. <laughs> you just want to vaccinate yourself against. <laughs> you you know, don't know anymore. Against uh, you know some stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, so uh, so these vaccines are quadrivalent, meaning they cover four different strains of influenza. It's usually two A. Strains and two B strains. Mm. And so the strains this time around are A, Victoria 2570, 2019, H1N1, Pandemic 9. Oh. Um, what that naming structure is, is the first letter is whether it's influenza A or influenza B. Right. The second word is where that strain was isolated. So this one's Victoria. Mm-hmm. Maybe Australia? I don't I know. I was about yeah.
1: to say, Victoria and Darwin both sound kind of commonwealthy. Yeah. 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 I guess they're doing a lot of work down there, huh? Uh, yeah.
2: Well, so the next number is which numbered strain it is that they isolated from that spot. So in this case, 2,570, they isolated a bunch of strains. Wow. And then the last one is the year that they isolated it. Okay. Uh, 2019. How do they do the guesswork of this particular Victoria? Right. right. So I, uh, part of it is surveilling across the world, taking sort of like strains as they pop up in mm. different locations, right? So So flu season is the time period where you typically see like a peak in the flu uh, in one of the hemispheres mm. right and so it, it actually alternates between hemispheres right, is, right so right, the right. the dates that I gave is the are the dates for the northern hemisphere right Southern hemisphere is a different time and uh, at any given time some percentage of the world has the flu right right So uh, what they do basically is they try to see like okay, uh in the southern hemisphere, what are the strains that are dominating? In the northern hemisphere, in the off season, what are the strains that are dominating? And then try to model those and their kind of like kinetics of spread and say, like, oh, these ones are likely to be the main guys this year. Okay. And they're right, I would say, more often than they're not, but sometimes they, they can be wrong. So right. sometimes the strain will come up really late. Uh, really close to the start of flu season, and all of a sudden that one will just take off and it'll be a dominant strain and we don't have it in the vaccine, for example. So every year in the US, around 45 to 55% of adults get vaccinated for the flu, and typically 55 to 60% of kids get vaccinated for the flu. Okay? Okay. So the effective, which is like whatever, you know, yeah. it should be higher. Right. It should be higher. The, yeah. the flu vaccine is not terribly expensive. Everyone can get access to it. It's like widely disseminated. There's several versions of it. People should get vaccinated more than that. Right. But the effectiveness of the vaccine is around 71% in kids and 54% in adults.
1: It's good for our pod, though, that we have a diversity of vaccine status. Right? <laughs> that we represent both sides. Yes, both uh, sides. Someone who's vaccinated <laughs> with the flu and someone who uh, who means to you know? Well, t- <laughs> lucky for you, yeah. every single day is
2: another chance for you to do it. <laughs> is it worth st- it? Uh, that, are-
1: that's kind of what I'm curious about. Is it still worth doing now, or should I just wait till uh, October or September? You should
2: probably just wait. Okay. okay. Just wait.
1: Yeah. Um, and. Uh...
2: Like him, Fauci say. No, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, the temporal dynamics of flu season was actually kind of different this past
1: flu season. Mm. In a sense that it started time's kind of a wobbly bubbly sphere, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> well it's ever since COVID.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: But uh, it started earlier this past season. Right. Oh interesting. Um, and so sometimes people are like, Oh, should I wait later so that once the flu season is like in full swing, then I'll have like immunity for longer or something like that. Don't really try You're to time overthinking it. it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just get the flu vaccine. Yeah. Sometime in September to November, um, if you remember in September, just get it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Did I tell you uh like an awesome Donald Trump vignette from their campaign recently? Which by the way, crazy Republicans are already campaigning, huh? Yeah. Totally out of my life right now. But um, Donald Trump went to a Cuban restaurant in Florida, and yeah, he was like, Versailles. and he was like, oh, so he's like, so you have heard. He's yeah. like everything's on me, yes. and everyone's like, eh. oh, yeah. he just leaves. Yeah. Dude, what a boss! <laughs> 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 I was like, I'm not. He was like, I'm a Democrat. I might, I might have to vote for Donald Trump after that. that Versailles, that's like Eric Andre being president. Versailles is a, a is a chain. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know it was Versailles. I didn't know yeah. it was the same place. Yep. He like couldn't have picked a better type of restaurant to troll. Man, oh man. my god, that is wild though. If it was a Korean restaurant, I might be offended, but a Cuban restaurant, you're like, it's just that's so awesome. crazy because it's
2: like. The thought process involved in doing that is just wild to me. It's four-dimensional. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it touches dimensions you haven't even touched. It's
2: just, it's just wild. Yeah. It's just wild. Anyway, <laughs> so so a- as I said, the effectiveness of this vaccine is something like 70% for kids and 55% for adults. Mm. Um, but it also reduces the chance of getting severe flu. Right. Right. So even if you do get the flu, it'll, like, cut down it'll on the severity. Bad. Yeah, right. that's great. Um. You know, I will say that uh, some vaccines are have a much higher effectiveness percentage. Interesting. So this one's like you know, like the the COVID vaccine actually is one that uh, had a much higher effectiveness, especially for the earlier strains. Right. For Omicron, the effectiveness has dropped down. So, yeah. but uh, flu is a difficult one to get a really, really, really strong vaccine for. Right. So, uh, there's a bunch of different ones. I think there's something like nine flu vaccines approved in the U.S. Mm. And you can, you can group them a lot of different ways. But one of them is you can group them how they're manufactured. Mm. Okay. So, some of them are made using chicken eggs as basically like little virus incubators. There you go. So, you take uh, fertilized chicken eggs, you infect them with the influenza strains, and you let the virus do its thing and then harvest up and purify that virus. That's cool. In the standard flu shot that you get... The virus is then inactivated before you're poked with it, mm-hmm. right? So you're not getting live virus. You're getting this inactivated right. virus. There's a nasal one. Yeah, the nasal spray version of the flu vaccine is one that uses a live attenuated virus. So while the virus is still able to infect stuff, it's a
1: weakened form. So it's not really able to set off like a full-blown yeah. uh, case. Are of we going to have some crazy universal mRNA flu vaccine at some point? We'll get there. We'll at get there. That's later. That's later. Like a decade later or like two That's like that's
2: like later in this episode. Oh fuck. In like ten minutes. Oh so my you God. you need to wait. Hard you wait
1: <laughs> Very excited.
2: So, uh starting in twenty twelve and twenty thirteen, the FDA approved technology to make flu vaccine without using eggs. For the vegans. Uh sure. Yeah. Or people with egg allergies. Ah. Um because when you process hysterically, it hysterically that rarely overlaps. You know? Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Well, somebody I might mean, somebody might have an egg allergy and be like, you know
1: what, fuck it. I'm yeah. going full vegan. Well, that's actually, we do know someone like that, who just, like, started developing health problems with, like, <clears throat> certain meats and stuff like that. And uh-huh. she's just like, eh, fuck it, you know. Yeah. Vegetables anyway. Fuck it. Okay, so. Uh,
2: and in this case, when you're manufacturing the flu vaccine, you're using cells in a flask and Petri dishes and shit like that. Nope. Right? Oh. Yeah. Shout out. I tossed that in specifically. Nope. Um, so, in most cases, the cells are infected with the virus, And it's more or less the same concept with the eggs, which is that the cells become little flu virus factories, Mm. except they're just floating around in liquid media in a flask instead of in a shell. Right. So, similar kind of idea. In other cases, the cells are genetically manipulated to produce virus proteins. Mm. So, not actually full virus. They're just making the proteins, usually on the surface of the virus, the HA proteins, the uh, hemagglutinin. And so, that's done by taking the genetic code for the virus proteins putting that DNA into a baculovirus. Mm. And baculovirus is a kind of virus that cannot infect mammalian cells, but can infect insect cells. And so that's what we use it for here. The factory cells that we're sort of forcing to create this virus are actually insect cells grown in flasks. Uh, Usually it's a strain called Express SF7. What kind of insects? They are from the ovarian cells of the fall army worm
1: spodoptera uh, frugiperda the fall army worm yeah that sounds like that uh, huh that sound, kind of sounds like a like a group or a faction or something for the fallout series
2: <laughs> so the fall army worm is like a it's like a caterpillar that can eat a lot of crops and stuff like that, so they're considered mm. a pest. Mm. And and then they go into their cocoon, and turn it into moths.
1: So we're kind of doing this ultimate act of agricultural revenge on them. We're like, we will use your yeah. ovaries. We're just ripping their ovaries
2: out, God, dude, and then so we weak. we created a cell
1: line. And like a little bit of dust floats as they're ripped. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. wow! It goes up. That's beautiful. Something yeah, I forgot it. too much of the lore of that series to keep going. But a little dust, a little dust goes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like I mean I think
2: yeah, I think dust is technically tied to consciousness and I don't think these moths are but whatever, it's Whoa. okay. It's okay. It's okay. That's the first step to genocide. <laughs> Well, to, to be clear, we don't currently harvest the ovarian cells to do this. A long time ago, we took some ovarian cells, turned them into an immortalized cell line, and then used that immortalized cell line. We turn these insect cells into virus protein factories that make a lot of these HA proteins. And then we mix them together from different strains and blend them with something called adjuvants. You can listen to our vaccine episode to learn more specifics about adjuvants. Yeah. But va- adjuvants are vaccine additives that help your body know that, like, shit is going down. Right. So it helps activate your immune system in the area. For people under the age of 65, the FDA does not really care which vaccine you get. Yeah. Right? They approved all of them. If you're under the age of 65, they're like, what the fuck ever. Right? right? But for people over the age of 65, they actually recommend that you get one of three vaccines right? that are basically... These, these
1: or, guys are all pretty easy to remember because they're from the third generation of the folk of Durin. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> uh, they, they were born during the reign of khazad Doom. Yes, Fluzone, flu <laughs> flu Fluod, and Flublock. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did <you hear> that? <laughs> um, Mighty
1: dwarves fell in an all concursion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so all three of these have been engineered to elicit stronger immune responses, which is something you need in people who are over the age of 65, right? Uh, the first two, Fluzone and Fluod, are egg-based, and the first one has a higher dose of the virus when you get injected, And the second one has an adjuvant tossed in to increase immune response. And then the last one,
1: flu block, is the recombinant one made in the insect cells that we were talking about. Doesn't Flu Zone sound like a reality TV show in an alternate universe where, like, the contestants all get sick and the one who survives, uh, like, gets the money? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's like welcome to the flu zone. And you just like <laughs> spray them with like five diseases and and, and give them HIV <laughs> and like and whoever lives the longest is like gets a million dollars. I don't think a million dollars is enough for that. <laughs> I think you need more than that. <laughs> and you have like you cut to like little little like you know interviews where they're like I really need a million dollars to pay off my mortgage. <laughs> When worst case is you die
2: and best case is you have a debilitating lifelong illness, like I feel like it's gotta be more than a million
1: bucks. That's why I always wondered about good games. Mm. Yeah, you know, like not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Think I'll just be poor. I don't get shot by a children's toy, you know.
2: It's emasculating. So let's take a brief break. And when we come back, let's talk about the idea of something like a universal food vaccine. All right.
0: The following is an actual advertisement. Tired of the same old podcasts every week? When you're ready for something different, come give us a shot.
2: Greetings, we're Technically a Conversation, a podcast for curious people by curious people.
0: Every week, we take turns sharing a new topic, and the other host has no idea what the topic will be. Our topics
2: are all over the place, from light and funny to dark and sometimes spooky.
0: We've covered everything from true crime, historical events and people, pop culture icons, the supernatural and occult. I like that. And legends and folklore.
2: My favorite. We're like the Dollar Tree Stuff You Should Know.
0: Except completely different. No matter what the topic is, we try to make the episodes funny.
2: Yeah, you may not want to advertise that. Our jokes aren't very good.
0: What are you talking about? My jokes are fantastic.
1: (laughs) Hey, I get paid to laugh either way.
0: Wait, you get paid?
1: Check us out at technicallyaconversation.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Shout out to the 11 and a half people that listen to us on Google Podcasts. Wait, you said you were getting paid?
1: Oh, okay.
2: Oh, Oh, that's nice. Got our name in there. All right, well, we're back. Yeah, okay. So... Updating the flu virus every season to try to capture the four dominant strains is actually a lot of work. You know what I mean? Having the surveillance going, doing the modeling, trying to predict which ones are going to be the big ones. Uh, It's also pretty expensive. Um, You need to actually be generating, you know, doing all this egg shit is not cheap. Yeah. Right? And you got to be doing it with the right strains, and you got to switch it up every once in a while. And you're
1: not even right sometimes.
2: Yeah. So... There has been a lot of recent talk about developing a universal flu vaccine, one that will grant immunity to nearly all the strains of the virus, okay? And there's uh, maybe two main ways that people are trying to go about doing this. One of them is to focus in on a specific part of HA, hemagglutinin. Mm. So this will kind of take us back to an earlier episode, but HA is the protein on flu virus's surface that kind of sticks out and latches onto cells. All right. It's like the spike protein of COVID. And HA has a head portion and a stalk portion, kind of like a mushroom, right? The head part is the part that most of our antibodies bind to when we generate an immune response to Mm. the flu, okay? The the head portion is sticking out there. And that's a pretty good spot for antibodies to bind to. It helps neutralize the virus. It keeps it from being able to bind to cells. And much
1: like with humans, every human has a different head, but we all have the same neck. (laughs) <laughs> same, with, same with this virus, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah all the different strains of influenza, that's, are, like, like humans. That's great. <laughs> have very similar stalks. Yes, yeah. yes. And so, a stalk is just the neck of a virus.
2: That's great. Right, vocabulary. That's great. Yes,
1: you, you nailed it. So as Nathan was saying. There's two types of necks. The, the head. the normal human neck, and then there's the Channing Tatum. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is thicker.
2: Yes, got a girthy neck. Yeah. Um, so, the head part of HA is the part that evolves the most between the different strains. Right. And so, that's one of the reasons why, if you develop immunity to one strain, you're really developing an immunity only to its head.
1: Suppose, damn it. <laughs> you're only immune to its head.
2: Yeah. yeah. Now, the stock mm. of HA is kind of a different story in that it does not seem to change that much between strains. Um, so like H1N1, H3N2, the stocks are not that different from each other. And so the thought is, if we can make a vaccine that elicits an immune response to the stock, right. then maybe we can get antibodies that bind to viruses from a bunch of different strains.
1: Mm. How long do you think it would take for like influenza, an influenza strain to develop that has some weirdly shaped stalk? Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah.
2: So, so some teams have been doing uh, this work by basically making funky engineered HA that like is weird and it's got like a small shaped head so that you can see the stalk better. Mm. So they like shrunk the head down so that the immune cells can mm. target the stalk more effectively. We're still waiting for results from clinical trials to see how well this works in people. It worked pretty well in animals. Cool. All right. Um, some work, however, from a different lab suggests. That some strains of influenza are actually more chill with mutating their stock than others. Right. So, for example, the H3 strain of influenza A seems to mutate its stock more readily than H1.
1: Did the heads of these rival labs, like, go to the same school and, like, had a falling out over a girl? Or, like... They used to
2: date, actually.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's what it is, So I made this up. I have
2: no idea. Do you think if we could, <laughs>
1: like, no could, like, rom-com them back together, Ooh. like, they could, like, work together and cure the flu permanently? I'm
2: imagining, like, a
1: uh, You've Got Mail type situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can bring them together. Why don't I we think. just call it Petri Dish? That'd be a pretty good title for, like, a rom-com about two scientists of Ravel Labs. Oh, shit. Yep. Oh, shit. Oh, no. I mean, Petri Dish is a great name for almost everything. Yeah, that's true. We I think that's a, just You should make a restaurant called Petri Dish. It's just a bunch of uncooked filth in a, in a little pot.
2: I will say that some people already like to serve things in like glassware from labs,
1: right? Mm. Like the, there's some people yeah, who like serve things in
2: beakers and stuff like yeah. that. We're halfway there, right? Yeah. All of our plateware, all of our cutlery is just lab tools. We I think should we
1: trademark it. petri dish. That hasn't been done. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Has so. anyone ever thought to trademark? The whoa! Think about the money you're gonna
2: wreck it! Wow, I don't, I don't even think that's how trademarks work.
1: <laughs> Can you smell the money shot coming out of this
2: hot dung pit. I don't know if you get money from hot, that steamy money. <laughs> All right, so, so it's not 100 clear if this approach is going to work, but there is an alternative approach to a universal flu vaccine, which is kind of similar to what we do now. Right, right now we pick four strains. Right, so what happens if you just instead of picking four strains, you pick like 20 strains? Ooh. And then have that be the vaccine, right? Well, in the current way that we make that vaccine, that would be too expensive. You got to have like 20 different egg things go in to like make all these different strains and then mix them together and stuff like that. It would cost too much. It's too difficult to do. But we have a more recent technology, the mRNA technology that we saw used in the COVID vaccine. That would be able to do a vaccine that has 20 different strains Pretty much the same price as fewer strains. Mm. Like, it wouldn't really cost anything extra to toss in more strains. And luckily, we're not the only ones thinking about this. Right. We're already on clinical trials. Yeah. Clinical trials have pretty much begun, more or less. And so, the, usually with clinical trials, uh, I think we've talked about this before, but there's phase one, and phase one is primarily concerned with safety. Right. And not with efficacy. Right. So, the primary readout from a phase one is, did this work or not?
1: Don't we feel like it should be the other way around? if you care for works, and then we decide how many can die for it. (laughs) (laughs) Second question. Do you have to do these tests like in deep underground bunkers so the CIA doesn't just bomb it? Oh, they probably should. Right. They probably should. Oh, I mean, or else we might have an effective... Like universal vaccine for flu, yeah, but and know, that would really mess their model even if up.
2: you're deep underground. You know, I think the CIA can get in there.
1: Okay? That's true. They just
2: deploy the lizard people,
1: ah, and the lizard right. people get in there. You think the ground is safe? <laughs> <laughs> you you're fucking dumbass! You think the ground is safe? Come on! <laughs> we think those claws are for? So the
2: this this mRNA approach is is interesting. Yeah, I don't. I do not know what's going to pan out. Because I I will say also tossing in a shitload of antigens into your body just to see what sticks. Does not mean that every person is going to develop immunity to everything that you put in there. Right. Right. And so we're just going to have to see how that works in the real world situation. But they are going to be doing it head to head against getting vaccinated with a normal flu vaccine and uh, a group that's like placeboed basically so we're gonna to get to see sort of that full range of results do you think
1: all diseases will be cured mm. Ooh. Mm. i think that oh boy i don't know dude that's a good question which one's not going to be cured you think the clap <laughs> I'm just kidding That one's already cured Yes <laughs> Yes That one actually We've right, taken you can't care can't cure human nature <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I think dum dumb disease Yeah, yeah That one's it. gonna stick it out Stupid virus That one's gonna stay around What disease Were we never gonna cure
2: I think uh, See I think cancer Is actually a really tough one Right I think cancer is tough Because cancer is like A lot of different ones Right Right um, there there might be good ways to make it so that people can manage cancer for long enough where like you're going to die anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: But isn't isn't Joe Biden moonshotting all over cancer right now? Is, is that what he's doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fill you with malarkey, Dog faced pony soldier. He's I, just to cancer.
2: I like Biden. I think he's doing a reasonably good I job. I like Uncle Joe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I will say is he falls down a little too much. That's true. He's he, got to stay on his feet. He's got to get a walk. <laughs> Then i will help perception. It's just yeah, it's just a perception thing, and it's like just stay on your feet more, or or just yeah. be seated all the time. Yeah, I like FDR
1: mean? managed to do it. Yeah, right. Yes. Y- you know what? <laughs> y- you know what he really should do is he needs to go to more restaurants and then say he's going to pay for everything because <laughs> that's a boss move. <laughs> that is that is powerful. It's way too funny. That is powerful. <laughs> okay, okay. Uncle Joe, you want our? I was actually gonna. I was hoping to go to a town hall and ask him that directly. Like, how many times have you not picked up the tab after <laughs> saying that you pay for everybody? And he's like, I've never done that. And i am like, well, you don't have my family. Yeah, listen, buddy. <laughs> I bet you Kamala Harris and is they, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That I think there's noise.
2: a simple solution to this, and yeah. you need to start doing it. Yeah, there's a, there's um, a
1: couple diners around D.C.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: So that's that's the fucking end of this episode. That's the episode. This episode. And the series. Hey. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Have you heard the news about uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle? You said that article, but, like, I don't. I don't care about royals or ex royals. So like,
2: you gotta you gotta convince me to okay. make this matter.
1: I totally understand why, because I'm also not really into that stuff either. You
2: said it's about some kind of Hollywood lawyers gonna start okay. jamming them up or something. Yeah, yeah this. Yeah. So
1: so you know they go. Uh, no one actually cares. I, t- I totally know. Do Maybe it. we cut it. But but so so Markle and and Prince Harry or whatever is yeah. What's his last name? I guess Windsor, right? I don't fucking know. So Mr. Windsor. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so so they go. So they go to some like art thing, uh, you know, or something. And they're coming back, and they say they were pursued by a paparazzi for like uh, two hours. Uh, which, you know, folks are skeptical about what, how, to what extent that's true or not, yada, yada, yada. Their lawyers contacted the paparazzi company and demanded the photos. And the lawyers were like, for the other company, for paparazzi, were like, fuck you. And this was their reply. In America, as I'm sure you know, property belongs to the owner of it. Third parties cannot just demand to be given to them as perhaps kings can do. Perhaps you should sit down with your client and advise them that his English rules of royal prerogative to demand that the citizenry hand over their property to the crown were rejected by this country long ago. We stand by our founding fathers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's the only reason I sent to you. That is very sassy. <laughs> that is so sassy. That is sassy though. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah. All right. So, so the future of vaccine is that we're going to have an mRNA vaccine for all flu and it's going to be cured. So I don't really have to get the flu shot. Till then, because it's just like redundant. It's not coming for years, man. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Get your fucking vaccine this time. I'm just kidding. Get right. your vaccine. All right, all right. Stacy, now. Oh, hey, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Okay. Look, let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Thank you, Stacy. Uh, we have an email address at peterdishpod at gmail.com. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com/petridish. We don't have a Twitter, no It's dead.
1: Yeah, 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 It's fucking dead. We have a Truth Parlor, <laughs> or whatever it's called. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so yeah, don't those, try to contact us. Those there. are two different things. Just Par- text parlor Sean. and Truth Social are two different things. Just text Sean if you want his number. Yeah. Just Send me text me. Message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, real quick. Yeah. Next episode. Yeah. We're gonna take a dirty little peek under the rug what? into your world. Right. What? We're gonna talk about lab techniques oh right okay we were thinking about doing that weren't we we were thinking about doing it let's do that i didn't know it was let's, the next episode let's but take uh, that that's dirty fine. little peek under that kilt sure that we call science okay well because i feel like we're always like kind of doc talking we, we, we've touched upon so many methods of research but i, I thought it'd be cool if we just like pew, parked our audience parked me yeah sure in front of you okay and <laughs> you could dance yeah, yeah yeah. like a monkey Derek. yeah sure all right awesome okay that sounds great alright cool guys so join us next week yeah see you guys later